0: What if the way you've been telling your life story reveals the secret to what is holding you back? Stories play an integral part in how we see not only ourselves, but the whole world. Stories are more than just an important part of communication. They also reveal hidden aspects of our inner talk, which can either support us or end up holding us back from the very things we want most in life, without us even realizing it. Join author, mindset coach, and award-winning singer-songwriter, Carrie Rowan, on her show, Look for the Good, every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m., when she shares nuggets of wisdom from her internationally best-selling book, Tell a New Story, five simple steps to release your negative stories and bring joy to your life. Carrie's powerful stories and compelling guests will empower you to change how you look at your own life while giving you some powerful tools and tips you can use every day to help you feel better and move yourself closer to the life you've been longing to live.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Look for the Good. I'm your host, Carrie Rowan, and I'm so excited to be with you here today. We're on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. You can listen online on your mobile device in your car or ask Alexa to play Dream Vision 7 Radio. To learn more and for a full schedule, go to dreamvision7radio.com and evolve with us as we unite humankind in universal love. And thank you everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Look for the Good, and I'm so excited to have you here today with my special guest. Hello Patricia, how are you?
2: I'm doing fine, Carrie. Thanks for having me on today.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. Um and we're going to talk, this is just going to be a really great talk. I'm super excited about it. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her, and I love what we're talking about today cuz today we're talking about a very unique topic. We're talking about How do we turn caregiving? Because we as women are so good at caregiving, right? We're so good at giving to everybody else. How do we turn caregiving into self-care? And really, it is an art. And we're going to talk a lot about this. And I can't wait to share some of Patricia's stories with you because she's got some incredible aha moments to share. Um, And before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about her. So Patricia Roberts is a go-to resource for parents, media outlets, employers, and others wanting to learn about strategies to avoid the crushing weight of student loan debt. She's the author of Route 529, A Parent's Guide to Saving for College and Career Training with 529 Plans. She's the Chief Operating Officer at Gift of College, Inc., and the proud mom of a recent debt-free grad. Congratulations. It's the only way to graduate, right?
2: (laughs) Absolutely. If possible.
1: If possible, right? That's the thing too. I mean, I think it's a, it's a situation that a lot of parents find themselves in, right? They start saving, but they really don't know how much. And, you know, just having somebody who graduated in May, it is costly and that cost keeps going up and up. And that's why I love what you do because, I love how this whole thing was born out of your personal experiences. And that's truly, I think, where the best businesses come from.
2: Yeah, that's right. I have a close personal connection to the topic of student loan debt and also the topic of saving for college, as well as attempting to achieve self-care. So we've got a lot to talk about today.
1: Yes, we do. We certainly do. Um, So let's get into it. I'd love for you to share a little bit about your story. Like, How did this become such a passionate issue for you? I love hearing people's backstories. Of course, you know I'm all about the story. Um, So share that with us. I think the listeners will really get a lot out of that.
2: Absolutely. So by way of background, I grew up in a very low-income family as a result of my father disappearing when i was 10 years old he drove off one day and did not come back so he left my mom with four children one of which is developmentally disabled and a home about to go into foreclosure cars about to be repossessed so we spiraled from an average way of living to really poverty and um without a home for a while so The family bounced back eventually. My mom was able to find work as a domestic laborer and pulled enough money together to keep us afloat. But I really didn't have any opportunity to plan ahead for college. And in fact, my high school guidance counselor strongly encouraged me to stick with my waitressing job and not pursue any form of higher education due to the fragile state of my family, and it was fragile, and due to cost. Uh, My mom would have nothing of it. She absolutely insisted that I go and that we find a way, and we did find a way. I ended up working multiple jobs while an undergraduate, Sending money home. So just the opposite of what my roommate in the dorm was doing. She was getting a check in the mail. I was sending money home. But we made it, we made it work. So, first of all, I would say I have a huge appreciation for higher education, having almost missed the opportunity to pursue it. And I know, you know, the many doors it allowed me to open and how I came back to my mom and that community in which I grew up. And was much more empowered as a result of having that degree. And eventually, long after I paid back all the student loans I had to take out, et cetera, I was able to purchase a home for my mom and my brother, which was probably mm. one of the proudest moments in my life. I could have done none of that, Carrie, if I had just stuck with the waitressing job. So working full-time, uh, multiple jobs, got through the undergrad, Six or eight years later, I pursued a graduate degree at night, also while working full time. But those two forms of education really left me with a tremendous amount of student loan debt. Mm. I didn't have really any uh, financial awareness about how much debt I should be assuming. I knew I needed to do something to sort of lift myself and my family out of the circumstances we were in. And I really thought education was the best way. So I didn't pay particular attention to what I was borrowing, but I wound up having to pay back probably over $75,000 in student loan debt. And when my son arrived in my life, he, his father and I had over $100,000 in debt. So my passion for this has come out of you know knowing how awful it feels to spend 20 years repaying the cost of higher education. And also comes out of the fact that I set a vision to have a better outcome for my child. And even though Mm -hmm. we had no idea once he arrived how we were going to do this, we started saving carry a little at a time from our paychecks into a 529 college savings plan. And as you mentioned in the intro, my son did recently, last year, graduate debt-free from his university. So I'm on a mission to let individuals know that there is a way to avoid student loan debt by planning ahead and by also making sensible choices when it comes to selecting the institution to attend and
0: Mm.
2: my background ties me very closely to it so when i'm in employer settings talking to employers about how they can help employees save for college and avoid student loan debt. I'm really speaking from the heart because that's exactly how I did it. I did it a little at a time from my paycheck, and I've had the experience as a borrower, as a saver, and now mm-hmm. as a mom of a grad. So I feel like I've got the professional expertise of working with these plans for 25 years, coupled with that personal experience, which I think is really valuable for mm-hmm. people to hear. Someone Absolutely. Someone yes. Who,
1: someone, yes. Yeah. who so passionately lived it and made it your goal to make education. It's funny because my father brought us up with that saying, like, education is absolutely the number one most important thing you can do. So I grew up with that value as well. Um, but then it's like, okay, that's great. How do I do it? Right. And so Um, I love that you lived all that firsthand. Cause like I said before, I I feel like that's where the passion comes from. You know, that's why I do what I do as well. And why we write books about it because we feel so passionate. And then we want to take that expertise that we've learned and all that knowledge that we've acquired. And we want to share that with other people. So I love that you're of service to others to help them, you know, benefit from the hard lessons that you had to learn along the way. And that's super powerful.
2: Yeah, it definitely is. I dedicated the book that I wrote during the pandemic to my mom, who's no Aww. longer with us, and uh, my son, who's the recent grad, wrote the forward to it. And he writes about what it felt like growing up in a family where he knew his parents were paying back a tremendous amount of student loan debt, but also saving for him and making that a priority. And he really learned a tremendous amount through the process and has a tremendous appreciation for what we were able to give to him. And again, not just the money we saved, he did get Mm -hmm. a merit scholarship in part, and he did make a sensible decision about which school to attend. He didn't pursue a dream school that was unaffordable, but rather kept reason in the driver's seat as he thought through uh, how to spend down what we had diligently saved, and it all worked out. So I'm very proud of that, and I hope to be helping many, many others.
1: I love that because it's hard to instill that in somebody, appreciation for something and a, the value of something. Um, and so I love that he's had the contrast of what your experience was to his experience, and it made him feel lucky and appreciative. And I th- I feel like that's one of the best things that you can teach kids how to be, you know, and they can learn to look around them and say, hey, I, my, my mom and dad really – sacrificed
2: their lives for me. And I love that he wrote the forward of your book. I didn't realize that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, did, Carrie. I want to make sure you have a copy of it. But I was thinking, gee, what personal finance author should I get? I was starting to think like, who should I be approaching? And then I'm like, this is a guide for parents and other adults who have future students in their life. Why not hear the perspective from a student, from a child, Mm -hmm. and what he recalls through the process, what he learned through the process, How little steps can really result in something quite significant, small, consistent steps. He knows that. And he even says, I believe he says in the foreword, he's applied that to other situations like big projects in school, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. How do you back into, you know, what the end goal is? How do you back into getting there? You know, small, consistent steps some planning, right? Absolutely. I love his perspective and I'm really grateful that he contributed to it.
1: I love that. It makes the book even more special. It's really a family affair. And I love what he just said, because I teach that to clients all the time, right? And I know you probably do too. It's those tiny little efforts that you make. You don't think it's much, even if it's $100 a month or $200 a month in terms of saving for college. But even if it's just stepping out into something that you didn't think you could do, just those tiny little steps every single day, and then you look back and you go, oh, wow, I'm a year into this. And look how far I've come, you know, and so I love that. And it's a great analogy for anything like your son had applied to his college work, anything that you want to do in life, just take those short little steps. And before you know it, you're going to be a lot further than you ever thought you could.
2: I think that's right. And the other thing, your listeners should know is getting the account open is the most critical first step, never too early to get started, never too late in my view, mm-hmm. but getting it open, contributing what you can on an automatic basis. And even if it's considerably less than the amounts you gave as an example, what's important is that you're starting the process because that's where most people get tripped up. Mm-hmm. And what's also important is that you share with others what you're doing. Because there are many people in your life, if you think about it, there are 18 birthdays and 18 holidays, at least between birth and higher education. And I bet there are five or 10 or more people in your life that want to give a gift to your child. So if you let those people know that you appreciate their generosity, but you really don't need another stuffed animal or another outfit that's going to be outgrown. And instead, even if they put $25 or $50 in for each of those milestones, Mm. you can really have a community, a circle of support helping to get your child there. And I bet people would appreciate knowing that they're giving to something that's not going to be outgrown, that's not going to wind up in a yard sale or, I don't know, anywhere. somewhere (laughs) thrift shop. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. A landfill even. So I suggest people do get started as soon as they can and let others know that they're on a journey to save. And I bet you there are others that would gladly join you, maybe buy a smaller, more modest gift and contribute to the college savings account. And then they'll have a stake in your child's future, which is kind of exciting.
1: It is exciting. I love that concept because think about that. Like, like you said, I mean, gifts, we, we can't fit anything else in the house, you know? So, and this is something that people, I think, like you said, would f- be excited to be a part of and know that they can make a difference in a child's life, you know, and knowing how important education is. I just love that concept of, you know, somehow getting everybody else, all the great, I feel it. Like, I, I feel like all the grandparents, you know, need to be involved. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And grandparents often, if they couldn't help their own children to achieve higher education, they feel all the more um, interested in helping the grandchildren, or if they did help mm-hmm. them. It's actually a gift that a grandparent can give that benefits both their adult child and their grandchild, right? It takes right. a little bit of stress off of the adult child, and then it benefits that grandchild. And I think it's a wonderful thing. They can either contribute to an account that the adult child has established for the beneficiary or they can open their own. Some grandparents open their own 529 account. Mm-hmm. They want to either have it as a surprise or they want to have something separate. They want to be in control of it. That's fine too. So either they can give a gift to an existing account or open their own. You know, you can have multiple accounts and you know, with the cost mm-hmm. of education, you cannot have enough money, it seems, to cover it's- the car.
1: It's so true. it's it's just such. and the cost keeps going up and up. And like you mentioned, I think schools vary. But even a small school that my daughter went to around here was extremely expensive. So, yeah, absolutely. I love that because it becomes this multi-generational contribution, right? It comes this multi-generational giving. And I feel like, it's, it's just a great legacy that you're leaving behind that generations to come could follow. Like, Hey, yeah, my grandparents gave to my, my great, great grandmother, you know, and they have these stories they could tell about it. And I just love that could be a new tradition that you pass down in your family.
2: I love it. And I want to make sure your listeners know 529 plans, They're called college savings plans, but they can be used for a wide range of educational experiences Mm post-secondary. So it's not just four-year traditional colleges as we think of them, but trade and technical school, Uh, registered apprenticeships. You can pay for costs associated with those with a 529, Mm. graduate and professional studies, you know, everything from cosmetology school to dental school. I mean, there are so many forms of education. So if parents are reluctant because they're not certain their child will attend college, I bet, Most every child is going to pursue some form of post-secondary education, and these plans can really help.
1: And I love how the laws have changed to adapt to changing times, right? Like I remember when it was only higher education and then they changed the rule because I know it applied to us. My daughter um, went to a private college or or, I'm sorry, it wasn't college. It was private high school, Um, but she needed to go. She needed this special schooling that they had. And I was able to take money out of her 529 to cover the expense of that, which was fabulous. I love that.
2: Yeah, that is true. These plans can be used for K-12 to tuition only. Mm-hmm. Uh, wouldn't be room and board if the child was living away, but certainly the tuition could be covered by the 529 plan. And I think that's a good enhancement to the programs. And you mentioned special needs. 529 plans can also be used when a child is pursuing education uh, for any special needs services that they may have Um, you know, a need for. So Mm -hmm. 529 plans can cover those as well. So it's tuition fees, room and board, books and supplies, even computers, and special needs services if a child has those as well. And that that could be any number of things that could help them to achieve the education that they're pursuing. Mm -hmm. That's sometimes overlooked that that is included as an eligible expense.
1: And that's huge. I don't think a lot of people know that. And I, I found that a lot of my friends didn't even know about the um, you know, the K through twelve stipulation of that law. So I think there's a lot of flexibility with it. And what I love most is the pre-tax, the pre-tax benefits, right? Or the non-taxable benefits when you take that money out.
2: Right. So the account once you've contributed, you're after tax dollars. So you've earned the money, you've contributed it to the account. When those accounts grow in value, they are not being taxed along the way, unlike your bank savings accounts, Mm -hmm. or your brokerage accounts, you get those annual tax statements every year, the 529, the earnings on the account are not taxed while they're in the account. And they are never taxed when withdrawn to use for that wide range of educational expenses. So I think that's a wonderful benefit. And then many states in addition to that wonderful federal benefit of tax-free growth, tax-free withdrawals, have state tax deductions annually for 529 college savings plans. Mm. So 37 states allow their residents to take a tax deduction or get a tax credit, depending on the state, for their contributions to incent families to save. And I think that's great too.
1: Love that. I love that. It's all it's a it's a win-win, right? Um, and the other thing I love about them in my family is that you can share amongst siblings. So, like, say somebody used all theirs, they had a little bit left, they were done with their program, you can transfer it and use it for the other child as well.
2: That's right. You are very familiar with these plants, Gary. <laughs> I know you've used them. Yes, you can, you can certainly change the beneficiary. All or part of the account could be used for a member of the family of the original beneficiary. And that's a really broad definition. It's not just siblings. It could be step-siblings as well. It could be your uncle. It could be you, you, you as the parent who opened the account. You are a member of the family of your child. Mm -hmm. parents, if there's money left over, or if parents were to need it along the way, maybe they need some retooling for their job due to changes in their industry or whatever Mm -hmm. they they too can use an account that they've set up as long as they're related to the individual for whom they establish the account.
1: Absolutely. Love that. Love that. Well, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with Patricia Roberts with more great information. And we're going to talk a little bit more about her stories when we come back. Stay tuned. Did you know
3: 73% of employees are considering leaving their jobs, and almost half of Americans fear being laid off in the next year? That's a lot of fear and anxiety mulling around the office. In today's environment, employees need easy-to-use tools and strategies they can count on when the atmosphere is making them feel less than productive. To find out about proven ways to help your employees turn their stress into success, go to kerryrowan.com and sign up for a free wellness consultation for your company today.
4: Are you a hardworking business owner or nonprofit? Do you want a bank with a neighborhood feel that you can truly trust? At Webster 5, our mission is to support local organizations and the people who are building stronger communities every day. Webster 5 has a true understanding of the issues facing businesses and nonprofits. From day-to-day processes to long-term funding, our business banking team offers expert guidance and a unique set of tailored solutions. Visit web5.com to find out more. Webster
0: 5, member FDIC, member DIF. Ever notice how your brain automatically focuses on what's wrong in your life? Ever wonder why you find yourself telling the same old story about yourself over and over again? Tune into this high-energy show with author and mindset coach Carrie Rowan to find out how to retrain your brain to look for the good every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern on Syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Carrie uses powerful storytelling, easy-to-use tools, and inspiring guests to exemplify how a simple shift in perspective can bring miraculous results. Join Carrie on a journey into your own transformation that will leave you feeling inspired, empowered, and ready to find the good every day of your life. Are you tired of
4: feeling stressed and stuck? Did you know that the stories we repeatedly tell can be the very thing that makes us feel worse about our life? In her best-selling book, Tell a New Story, host and author Carrie Rowan shares the five simple steps to release your negative stories and bring joy to your life. This is not your average self-help book. It's a joy to read and it's interactive with QR codes for meditations, original songs, and how-to videos at just the perfect point in the story, which makes transformation easy and at your fingertips. So if you're ready to go from humming a sad song about your situation to finding your voice Voice and whistling a new upbeat tune as you skip along with joy as the new soundtrack of your life, then get yourself a copy of Carrie's highly acclaimed book today. Go to CarrieRowan.com slash book to get your copy now. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N. Hey, beautiful listeners. Are you tired of the fast-paced life and want an easy way to help you find your calm? Then head over to the new Look for the Good Marketplace. It's chock full of hand-selected books, great classes, calming music, and special readings. All you need to help you move closer to a life you're tickled pink about. Just visit CarrieRowan.com and click on the Marketplace tab to find just the right item to soothe your soul today. That's
1: C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N.com. Hello. Welcome back to Look for the Good. And I'm so excited to be back with Patricia Roberts. We're getting some incredible information. I wanted her to elaborate a little bit, and I'm sure you're probably curious listeners as well, about the story that you started telling us about your dad and how he left and you were what, 10 years old, such a tender age. And how did that affect you? Um, Tell us that story about how you became a caretaker at that tender age.
2: Sure. So as I had mentioned, my father really was a missing person for many years. He drove off to work one morning and did not return. And my mom found herself in a situation that she was not expecting. Uh, She had no insight into the family finances. My father was insisted that she be a housekeeper, homemaker, not work. This was the 1970s, by the way. So here Mm -hmm. she is, a 1960s housewife, really wanted to use some of the skills she had developed as a, a former secretary and bookkeeper. She wanted to use those skills professionally, but he really wanted her home with the four children. So she did that, but she had no money in her name and really no vision into what the financial health of the family was. So soon after my father disappeared, we quickly learned that the house would no longer be ours and many other changes were about to come. And Everyone was in pretty much of a fragile state. I was the youngest child, but for whatever reason, I sort of stepped into a leadership role uh, to help everyone through. My three older siblings and my mom, my mom suffered a stroke uh, sometime after my father left. I don't know exactly how many months it was, but she was in critical care for quite a while and then eventually got herself back to health. But I was the one, and I know there's often one in every family who sort of assumes that leadership role, who doesn't rock the boat, but sort of tries to keep everything as smooth as possible when things are sort of rocky, and that was me. And really that role has never been taken away from me. I have assumed it right through the end of my mom's life and helping her out, helping my one brother who has some special needs. And helping so many others, it's just it's just something that became a part of me.
1: That's beautiful. I love that. And, you know, we do, we step into those roles and that was your role, um, which you obviously did so gracefully. Um, that must have been so hard because you yourself being so young and a child and then your mom being sick and there's so many aspects of that. And I'm sure you had some lingering stories and beliefs that you adopted at that because you just kind of probably have to tell yourself yourself hey, I'm not going to have any needs or I'm not going to have any issues because I have to be the one to step up. I got to be the grown-up, you know, the big girl here. Um, Did you later have to go back and find any stories that you had to turn around for yourself to, to be where you are today?
2: You know, I certainly examined much of what happened. I don't remember it feeling traumatic at the time. I was 10 years old. I just sort of stepped into the role and took care of whatever needed to be taken care of. But I think in looking back and even looking at myself today, I think I became sort of hyper hypervigilant, uh, really aware of anything that was going on or could possibly go wrong in a situation, because when something happens so suddenly, right, a disappearing person and a change of circumstances so suddenly, I think you believe that things can change quite rapidly. And I have to remind myself and and my mom was always very good at teaching us that no matter what situation we would be in, in the future, from a relationship standpoint, to always, always, always have money in our own name, Mm -hmm. and to always have things that could never be taken away from us. Mm -hmm. And education was one of those attributes that she felt so strongly about. Uh, she didn't have it. She didn't have education after high school. She was one of eight children in an immigrant family and college was not a possibility. So she didn't have education. She didn't have money in her own name. I don't know if you know, Carrie, but in the 1970s, at least at the time, my mom was um going through the circumstances, women did not have money in their own name and they couldn't have credit in their own name either. So that was something that she taught us is to be sure to be um, independent no Mm -hmm. matter who we aligned ourselves with and to always know what is going on in terms of financial situations if you are aligned with others. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's something that I definitely took away from my childhood and something that has helped me as an adult and something I remind myself when I think something could happen quite suddenly as it did when I was a child, I remind myself I'm in a much stronger position than my mom was ever in, because I do have education, I do have money in my name, no matter what relationship I've been in through the years, I've always been certain, even when I com- combine money for various purposes, I was always certain to have money set aside in my own name. And that yeah. always made me feel more confident.
1: It's a great lesson, right? To give your young girls and look at how it's served you to this day, right? Because you're in this industry and you're helping others get that education, the thing that you most valued and the thing that nobody can ever take away from you. I, I love looking at it from that perspective. I think that's really powerful. Because nowadays, I feel like some of the younger generation they don't necessarily value it because they think that everybody has it, but not everybody does have that. Not everybody has higher education. Still, not everybody has access to that. So, I think being able to have that and appreciate what you have is a really, really, really powerful lesson to pass on to the next generation. And I love that your son is already appreciating that. It's really powerful.
2: Absolutely, and I will say, Carrie, all of that caregiving ultimately will. It can be exhausting and did exhaust me at times through the years. I really learned a tremendous amount through the process and realized the epiphany I had not so long ago. I wish I had had it much sooner, but the epiphany I had was that I have everything I need to take care of myself as well as others. And that's something I really had never thought about before. I'd always, always, always put myself on the back burner. I was really on the sidelines of my life in many ways. And when I started to think about how I was feeling, I realized all the things I've done for others really developed exceptional skills in me that I could ultimately apply to myself. So my diligence and caring for my mom and caring for my brother and caring for my son as a parent and others in my life, that level of diligence, the follow through, the Mm. simple steps that I take every time, I never would drop the ball for anyone else. I know you probably feel the same way in your own life, but I often was dropping it for myself. So I learned that that level of diligence and commitment could be something that I applied to my own situation. Uh, The empathy that I certainly um, Mm -hmm. shared with others could be shared with myself in a kind way, right? Mm -hmm. Certainly be less hard on myself and more understanding, more patient, how patient I was through the years with everything that was changing and evolving in my family's life and with all the different needs that arose through those circumstances. I've got the patience. I've got the diligence. I've got the capability to really apply that to me. And that's what I have begun doing. And it feels so good.
1: Mm-hmm. I that? love that. That's a huge lesson because I, I'm not sure everybody makes that shift. You know? I'm not sure everybody, there is so much lesson in there, um, all, all the lessons that life gives us. And then that being able to turn it towards yourself and give it back to yourselves, because a lot of times, Especially in this day and age, we live in this externally focused world. People are looking to get that validation, to get that care, to get that love from outside of themselves. And when you can take all those lessons and turn it around and give it back to yourself and have that self-compassion, that is, I think, one of the hugest lessons in life, and you're you're just a beautiful living example of this for everybody that you interact with, and also your son who sees that, you know, look at all these amazing things that my mom's done. Even though the circumstances were less than ideal, um, that she was handed, but you were able to turn it all around. I think that's really a beautiful story.
2: I, th- I think so too. And I do think there's a tremendous amount of modeling we can do for our children and running ourselves down and not taking care of ourselves is not exceptional modeling. Even if it <laughs> involves going the extra mile for your child, you being worn down is not a great example. You know, I didn't have a great example with my mom. She really just, through herself and you know, the service of her children. That was the role that she played. And, you know, I see now how appreciative my son is in seeing me pursue some of my passions, take some time for myself. It's a great example for him mm-hmm. to see me stepping away at times or stepping off the sidelines and into the light, you know, thinking about what I'd like to do, pressing the pause button when. There are still many people that call on me for care or for me, mm-hmm. especially my brother. I'm a long distance caregiver for him. Taking a deep breath, not necessarily responding right away to every issue that transpires, but rather giving it a little time to sit, giving myself a little bit of time and also allowing him and his local caregivers to sort of maybe think through some solutions on their own before I come to the rescue. So Mm -hmm. it's good modeling for my son. It's certainly allowing me to feel freer and lighter um, and very much feel like I am an active part of my own life and that I can be a priority. Oh. I think that's my word for this year. I decided on priority. Is it? Is that your yes. word? Yeah. I love
1: it. That's a fabulous word for yourself. Priority. I think it's, I love that concept of having an annual word for yourself. And then just reminding you, mine is consistency. I have it over there on my wall. It's good. It just keeps you focused, right? It's like setting that intention out into the universe, you know, Um, and that priority, making yourself a priority. And there's so many women that come to me and work with me. And I'm sure you see the same thing that don't make themselves a priority. And then as I feel like it catches up with you over time, right? Either health or emotionally. And then there comes a point where you have to make yourself a priority. You just do. Your body demands it, right?
2: Yeah. And what's great about the word priority and me is that the first two letters are my initials, (laughs) PR. So When I write out the word priority for the year and maybe (laughs) years to come, I put the PR in caps. And it reminds me even further that I can be first at times right? Mm. I can be at the start of whatever it is, including that particular word. So I've had a little fun with it, uh, recognizing Mm. there's a, I don't know, an initial. I love it. It is your word. It's your word. word. It's your word. (laughs) My word. Totally mine.
1: I love that. I think I'm going to have to choose creativity next time for this VR. (laughs) Go girl. (laughs) So I can have my initials at the top. I love that. Well, you know, we're talking about making changes and and being able to switch in life. And I and I love the concept of the pivot. And you and I spoke a little bit about that. Being able to pivot and certainly you launching your book and me launching my book over the pandemic, right? Not what we expected to do, but If you were to give somebody some advice on how do you pivot yourself so quickly, the first time you had a pivot was not by choice. And so now you tend to do pivots by choice, right? Because we have to because of circumstances, um, but you seem to be an expert in them. So share something with us about some of the pivots in your life.
2: Hmm. Well, some of the ones we've talked about were from student loan borrower to say, I've pivoted from I am... A lawyer. I've pivoted to the business side of these 529 plans. I first began working on them from a legal perspective, getting the prospectuses written up about them. And then I moved to the business side, which has been exciting. Pivoting from an individual, you know, working with these plans day to day to a book author, right? During the pandemic, finding that extra time on my hands. I have found that project of writing this book to be one of the most satisfying things I've ever done. And I never expected I would do it. And you know, I talked about sort of stepping off of the sidelines in terms of my own self-care. Talk about stepping off of the sidelines, Carrie, you know, (laughs) it's the light. I mean, the number of interviews I've had and uh, podcasts I've been on or television interviews. I was on CNBC, I've been on Good Morning America. I've been in print publications a lot it's really satisfying. I mean, it's a new skill set. It's nothing I've been trained on in particular. But I think since I'm speaking from the heart on a topic that I am so personally familiar with, this particular pivot has gone so well and so smoothly. And it was one that was an unplanned pivot. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. But I'm really glad to have done it. And I, I'm i sure you're feeling the same way about some of the things you've done recently.
1: Absolutely. And the book being a huge one, because that was, you know, stepping out of our comfort zone, right? Stepping into something we knew. I mean, I always knew that I was going to write a book at some point as an English major, but you know, I was in corporate America as well. So, um, but, but making that step and then pivoting into all these cool things that kind of parlay you right into the next level of your life. I mean, and I feel like probably like you, like my book is the culmination of all of my life's work. It's all of my life experiences, everything I've studied for many years. My music is in there. I've created meditation. So it's it's really just um it's sort of a little microcosm, if you will, of our whole entire lives in that, you know, 213 pages or however long yours is.
2: <laughs> I love I really love it. And I do love some of the self-care strategies I had to employ to get this book done. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I do, I follow Mel Robbins and I love uh, Mel Robbins. <laughs> I, love her. I actually did a mastermind course with her back in 2018 and had the opportunity to meet her several times and I'm still in touch with some of the people from that course but one of the things I do is to certainly get out of bed five four three two one even <laughs> when I don't feel like it so I start <laughs> every day with some good, Uh, habits, which have been extremely helpful, not sleeping with the phone next to the bed, not getting up and looking, falling down that rabbit hole Mm -hmm. um, of emails and such others needs, right? First thing, I just keep the electronics off. I do the high five. She's written that book. I have it right here on my desk. I love that. I do the high five in the mirror. I look at myself with love and give myself a high five first thing in the morning versus maybe looking at myself with disdain. Oh, you look so tired or, oh, sort of dreading something about the day ahead. No, I started with something positive and then some meditation as well. So I put those strategies in place uh, while I was writing the book during the pandemic, and it really kept me moving forward. And I remember Mel suggesting in one of her podcasts that there was this website called, I think it was called 750words.com or something. She suggested Maybe it was 750 or 150. I don't know. But certain number of words a day, just get them written, no matter what they Mm. are. Game of consciousness. Don't stop and edit, stop and edit, but just write. And I followed that. And I got this book done. I was so proud to do it and so glad I did. So I wasn't baking sourdough bread or (laughs) learning to crochet or something, but this was my thing. And I'm happy about it. It really does fill my cup. I feel so So happy.
1: I love that. Hey, everybody, don't go anywhere. We're going to be back. We're going to have a word from a sponsor. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned.
4: Hey, beautiful listeners. Are you tired of the fast paced life and want an easy way to help you find your calm? Then head over to the new Look for the Good Marketplace. It's chock full of hand-selected books, great classes, calming music, and special readings. All you need to help you move closer to a life you're tickled pink about. Just visit CarrieRowan.com and click on the Marketplace tab to find just the right item to soothe your soul today. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N.com. Are you a hardworking business owner or nonprofit? Do you want a bank with a neighborhood feel that you can truly trust? At Webster 5, our mission is to support local organizations and the people who are building stronger communities every day. Webster 5 has a true understanding of the issues facing businesses and nonprofits. From day to day processes to long term funding, our business banking team offers expert guidance and a unique set of tailored solutions. Visit web5.com to find out more webster 5 member fdic member dif are you tired of feeling stressed and stuck did you know that the stories we repeatedly tell can be the very thing that makes us feel worse about our life In her best-selling book, Tell a New Story, host and author Carrie Rowan shares the five simple steps to release your negative stories and bring joy to your life. This is not your average self-help book. It's a joy to read and it's interactive with QR codes for meditations, original songs, and how-to videos at just the perfect point in the story, which makes transformation easy and at your fingertips. So if you're ready to go from humming a sad song about your situation to finding your voice And whistling a new upbeat tune As you skip along with joy As the new soundtrack of your life Then get yourself a copy of Carrie's Highly acclaimed book today Go to CarrieRowan.com Slash book to get your copy now That's C-A-R-R-I-E R-O-W-A-N
3: are you ready to consistently be in the flow of success, build an abundant business, easily find your right clients, and feel good inviting them into your community to do business with you? If your answer is yes, then you'll want to listen to Business Success with Human Design with Nancy O'Keefe on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network every Thursday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time business success with human design is a podcast designed to help you peel back the layers of who you've been taught to be and how you've been told to do business moving you from overwhelm to a business model that aligns with your authentic self and feels right for you come and explore human design for business with nancy Did you know 73% of employees are considering leaving their jobs and almost half of Americans fear being laid off in the next year? That's a lot of fear and anxiety mulling around the office. In today's environment, employees need easy-to-use tools and strategies they can count on when the atmosphere is making them feel less than productive. To find out about proven ways to help your employees turn their stress into success, go to kerryrowan.com and sign up for a free wellness consultation for your company today.
1: Welcome back everybody to Look for the Good and I'm here with Patricia Roberts. We're talking about her writing her book and she was just sharing with us how that really filled her cup. It was one of the most satisfying things she ever did for herself because it is something that we really do for ourselves. Do you do you agree with that writing your book is a is an exercise in, in self-care in a lot of ways?
2: Yes, absolutely. An exercise in self-care and the bonus with respect to this particular book and I think things that you've written as well, Carrie, is that it's in the service of others as well. So the bonus of doing for others while also doing for yourself. I found it so satisfying, and I'm so glad. I mean, my goal in writing Route 529 was to educate and inspire other parents to have better outcomes when it comes to pursuing higher education and paying for the cost of it. It's the second largest investment, typically, after home purchase. That a family will ever make, and having some strategies around pursuing it and pursuing it in the most financially uh, effective way, I think is extremely useful.
1: So powerful. And the benefit that you get out of it too, you know, and just knowing that you did it responsibly and that you're not carrying this massive, you know, albatross around your neck for the child and also for yourself, think, you know, taking out loans. And I, I just think it's a really, really great way. And it's going to make you feel so good and so confident when you look at that statement and say, wow, I started this for my child. Maybe you start it when they're born. I don't know. It's never like you said, it's never too, never too soon. It's never too late. I love that saying.
2: Yeah, and people can actually open the account before a child arrives, name themselves as both the account owner and the beneficiary, and then since they'll be a member of the family of that new beneficiary, just simply change the beneficiary The child's name upon their arrival, you'll have their date of birth, you'll soon have their social security number, and you're good to go. And one of the benefits of getting an account set up that early, not only the ability for years of compound growth, but it gives friends and family an opportunity for both a baby shower and a welcome to the world gift to immediately know that this is something that you're making a priority and give them the opportunity to make some contributions to the account. So having it open, get very busy after the child arrives, you know that. yes. <laughs> but having it open beforehand just makes it so much easier
1: absolutely and I love I your concept of getting everybody involved you know it takes a village is just a really beautiful thing um, to involve all the family members and then they can feel like they're contributing as well it's just it's a nice nice way to have them invest and give their love and show their love to this child in a, in a multitude of ways that's a really beautiful thing well this has been amazing having you on I feel like my listeners have learned so much and you sharing your personal story it was so touching and where can they find your book this Book is amazing. Where can they get it?
2: Okay. So my book, Route 529, a parent's guide to saving for college, is available on Amazon. And if people want to follow what I'm doing, I'm on LinkedIn a lot. If you look for Patricia Roberts and Gift of College, I'm there as well.
1: I love that. Yeah. So find her on LinkedIn. And um yeah, definitely. Get that copy of the book because, first of all, I have to read what your son wrote because that's so compelling and I want to know that. But there's so many great tips and tools in there. And there's a reason she's been on CNBC and Good Morning America and all these other places because she's a wealth of information. And you deliver it in such a way that is so understandable to everybody. Um And it's from the heart, like you said. I mean, and I think that's really a beautiful thing
2: absolutely and for those who would love their employer to start helping with 529 that's another thing i can help with i can help you you know speak to your employer about it or get me in to talk to them i'd be glad to do so because employers are recognizing the financial stress individuals are under not only with student loan debt but with saving to avoid it and mm. if you let that be in their bonnet you just may wind up with not only friends and family contributing to your account, but your employer as well. So I just want to recognize that is something that you could potentially pursue.
1: Oh, I love that. So sort yes. of kind of like a 401k where yes. they might make a sort of yes. a match to that. Wow. That is fabulous. This, this plan has come so far since I first started investing with my daughters. And let me tell you, it's one of the best things we ever did. So I'm so glad you came on to share with us today, Patricia. Thank you so much for spending time with us today here on Look for the Good.
2: Thank you, Carrie. I appreciate any time I could spend with you. And this was very enjoyable. Thank you.
1: Lovely. Thanks for coming on. And remember, everybody, it's never too late to live your best story. Take care. Be well.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Look for the Good with your host, Carrie Rowan, best selling author and mindset coach. Join us every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. right here at Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. If you weren't able to catch an episode, no worries. Just visit our website to find all the archived episodes of Look for the Good on Demand so you don't miss a thing. And remember, it's never too late to live your best story. For additional resources or to find out about how you can work with Carrie directly, visit Carrierowan.com for more details. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.